0: Welcome to season two of the Warriors of Education podcast, bringing you heartwarming and real conversations with teachers on the front line of education across the globe. I'm Karen Sarah Watson. I'm not only the host, but I am a teacher. This podcast is for people who want to better understand the experience of today's teachers. Come join us. Welcome to season two of the Warriors of Education podcast. Today, I am so excited to have all the way across the ocean on a little island off of um, Morocco called Mauritius. I have Don LaRoe. She teaches biology, environmental science, and general sciences. She was the youngest appointee as a department of head of science at the age of 27 and has led the department from strength to strength since she took up the position in 2019 and she lives in Mauritius with her family. Dawn wrote a book um, that is called Ripple Effects. You're not crazy teaching teaching in a new era. We're gonna talk about her book, which sounds incredible. And we're gonna talk about what it's like to teach on that island. It sounds, I, I don't know, so exotic to me. So welcome Dawn, thank you for coming on.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm very grateful on
0: it. Yes. Um, so tell me just a little bit about yourself. I mean, I, I obviously, I know you teach yeah. grades um, 12 through 13. How long have you been teaching?
1: Um, well, Not that long, actually. Um, this is now my seventh year of teaching. I've seen teaching biology, environmental sciences um, throughout. And I'm originally actually from South Africa. But in my short career, I've had a lot of very different experiences. So I started off in very underprivileged areas in South Africa. And then I did governmental schools. I did private schools. I was in a learning center for students with special needs. And then I went to an international school where I made HOD in four years. So a lot of experience crammed into a very short time. Um, And something that's been interesting, it doesn't matter where I go, teacher burnout and I almost want to say devaluation if that's a word, it has, it's been trained throughout. It doesn't matter where you go, the same problems and the same systemic problems are in every school, every country. I can't really generalize like that, but
0: you get the idea. So tell me how you got, um, so tell me your story leading up to writing this book.
1: Okay, um, so teachers, teacher burnout is just so normalized that it wasn't even taken seriously anymore. So um, I had my sixth burnout last year during pandemic teaching, and it became not just a burnout; it became a complete breakdown. And being in the midst of that, that loneliness, that frustration, it felt like like being desolated in isolation, like they, you're just completely alone. Um, and it's not just me. I think. When I was speaking to teachers here in South Africa, in the UK, in USA, everyone has this feeling of burnout, of lack of value, undersupported, underappreciated, and we feel alone and we feel unheard. And it gets to a point where you love your job so much, but it is literally killing you. Um, and you have to choose well, we all get to this point where we have to choose it's either i'm going to choose myself or i'm going to choose teaching but you can't do both right. and that's where it sort of came to and i had to convince myself to stay because i had to because this is what i do i'm a teacher i don't want to do anything else but i need the system to be better And all of us need the system to do better for us because the way it's set up at the moment, it's failing teachers and it's failing the students. And that's where the book came. Because I think the solution to this is already within the system, but we are so disempowered that we don't even realize the impact that we can make. Exactly. It's It's just so interesting. Because you
0: contacted me um, on Instagram, I had no idea you didn't live here in the United States. And <laughs> and, I, and, I, and what it was, I mean it of course Instagram is everywhere, so of course it yeah. is. But what's so interesting is we like I think that just from where we are, we're the only ones who are experiencing burnout, like the United yeah. States that it's, it's actually a worldwide issue with teachers. It's a
1: worldwide issue. I was listening to um, the Afro educator the other day, and she said something interesting. If you look at the history of where teaching comes from, um, and she mentioned a book called Teacher Wars. I think it was Dana. Anyway, sorry. Um, if you look at where teaching originated from the Industrial Revolution, it was set up for women, and it was very much like motherhood, right? So. It was very much a profession where self, self-sacrifice self and selflessness was required. And that basic premise never really changed, but, but everything else has. So you end up giving absolutely everything because that is the story that you are told. That's what good teachers are supposed to do. We are here to serve our students, but no one's asking who's serving us. Yeah. And that is the, that's the fundamental problem and the flaw in the system. Still, schools aren't built to support teachers. They are built to maintain the status quo, which right. is a generalization. I am aware.
0: Right, <laughs> it's, it's true. Um, so you talk about you talk about um, creating systematic change from where we are, mm-hmm. and Felix, can you further that?
1: Yeah, um, it's a very difficult problem. And it's such a multifaceted problem. If you look at the system of education, you can't say, oh, this is the solution to all of the problems. It just doesn't exist because it is so deeply ingrained and every single school system is in a different country and everybody has their own um, unique problems. But what I do believe, if you look at, so the book is based very much on systems theory, on thermodynamics, all of these Um, sort of universal laws if you want to put it that way Um, and what it comes down to is to make any sort of change in a global system or in a bigger system you have to go from where your area of control lies like I can't take on Parliament or or anything else that's not going to happen I can't even even within your own school system there is a hierarchy so you can't necessarily it's like bashing your head against a brick wall What you can do, though, is rewrite those narratives that we hold about our value as teachers and what it means to be a good teacher and redirect that energy so that when we step into ourselves as teachers, not not according to the external expectations of a good teacher, but according to what we know we are, And you walk with that in leadership and as a fighter and as a transformer, automatically the system will respond, because that's how systems work. Energy can't be created or destroyed. It can only be transferred and transformed. So once that energy is in a system and more teachers start to feel like, actually, I'm not okay. I am not crazy. I'm just angry and hurt. And I need the system to change. And I need it to work for me eventually all of those little pieces of energy so a ripple effect is a point of disturbance in a system that propagates outwards so eventually all of these little ripple effects will accumulate and then you have what you call a positive feedback loop and that will like a domino effect yeah so it goes one 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 and eventually you're looking at schools having conversations that they never had before. They're, they're making choices that they never made before. They are driving change that never happened before. But all of these things has to happen and it's gonna have to start from a single point of disturbance. Right. So what, is um, that, so what needs to be done then
0: where,
1: I mean, what is the first step so, in doing that? The first step, I really believe, is rewriting that narrative. So once you're, okay, so are, you're having your burnout, you are fearful, anxious, um, feeling alone. One of the things that we normally do is we tend to shy away from our pain, saying, oh, no, it's not that bad. Um, oh, it will change. You, know, you have this what people call toxic positivity. You can call it cruel positivity, um, denial. But that's a symptom of the problem. It's not the solution. Because the reason why people deny the pain is because of numbness is easier. Not easier, but it's one of the choices you have. And positivity that disregards your sadness is another form of numbness. So at a certain point, you're gonna have to look at what is causing all of this pain. And in my case, it was feeling, feeling like I had to give again and again and again, and it was never enough. So I had to go look at that narrative of what does being a good teacher mean? What does, what does it mean for me and what does it not mean for me? So you have to look at all of those ideas and beliefs, take what works for you and just burn everything else. And right. literally, you have to write it down and burn it. But um, oh, is, that how do you, that- is that what you say in the book? Is like you literally write it down yeah.
0: and burn it? Just
1: burn it. Down burn it i love that it's a very powerful metaphor because at the end of the day your brain um, is an organ it's a tool that is built up of all of these billions of neural connections and that works with electrical energy and chemical energy and pathways and once you change your beliefs about something you're going to change the way you think about it you're going to change your actions and everything sort of goes from there but you have to start with your beliefs about it Um, And again, Afro Educator, I just listened to her today. So that's why it's coming up.
0: She said something
1: moving. Yeah, (laughs) She spoke about changing the system starts with agency to advocacy. And that's exactly what I mean. I mean, when you take agency of your story, of your value, then you can start to walk in advocacy. But you can't do that until you start advocating for yourself. Because teachers, yes, we advocate for our students and we advocate for other teachers, but when last did you advocate for yourself? When last did you say, no, I'm not, I can't do this right now. I can give it to you by Friday. Right. When you tell the parents, no, I'm not going to meet you after school hours. These are my contact times. No, like it's it's not It's so funny that you say that because I'm just dealing with
0: parent-teacher conferences and I have friends who are saying, um, so can we have our meeting at eight or eight or nine o'clock at night? And And I'm thinking like, I have a, I have a life, like these are my hours at school and I have to set my boundaries. Otherwise, you know, parents will be writing me at all hours of the night as if we don't have lives outside of teaching their children.
1: Exactly. And it's, it's the thing is, it's it's expected. So we have to change the expectations. Right. Um, Jerry Colonna talks about this in his book. He says, um, you have to be broken, open hearted. So I call it in teaching, I say it's purposely open hearted. So you can only know where your boundaries are and what is okay and what is not okay for you if you've actually looked at what is it that pushed you to that point. And then you can start putting in your boundaries Um, because there is no way that you can be selfless. People expect teachers to be selfless, but what that really means is without a self. So you want the skills, the knowledge, all of that, but none of me. Right. Um, No, you have to be full of yourself. You have to be full of everything that makes you who you are, and you have to bring that to your class. Because you can only create meaningful connections when you invite authenticity. You can't invite it if you don't have it. You right. just can't. Right. So you have to rewrite the whole narrative of a good teacher being full of yourself. So what do you need to bring yourself to your classroom? What do you need? And then you can start giving that to yourself.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, so, when you're going up against, I mean, how do you deal with, like, just going up through a system that's not support, that that's working yeah. against that, with, working with administration that expects you to, you know, to, just because they stay there till, like, 9 o'clock at night, doesn't necessarily mean yeah. that we as teachers should be staying there till night. but they expect that of you.
1: But they so, expect that. So that's the next part. So you have the first part, which is called a teacher. we just like, we try and just get back to our purpose, back to the ground roots just so that we are grounded in that value. And then the next part is leadership, because now you have to go up against a system that tells you no, that says, thank you so much. We understand you're having a difficult time noted. By the way, where's the things that do that was due today? Like, you know, there's not re- it's very performative, but right. not actually supportive. So um, it is. There's no easy way, and there's no one fit answer. But what it definitely is is, you have to be able to walk there, to have these difficult conversations, to say no, thank you, or yes, thank you, without um, going back into the parasympathetic nervous system, because that's what leads to break up, but to burnout. Because right? you talk about you talk about being comfortable in conflict. Mm. You're gonna not everyone is comfortable in conflict but the way that I imagine it is Nelson Mandela has this really great quote of how he says a good leader isn't the one that leads I'm probably butchering it but I'm trying. <laughs> it's not the one that leads with um, fear from the front it's the shepherd at the back that guides his flock across obstacles with compassion and gentleness so um the way that I would say how to be it in a system is you have to first start with leadership of yourself, loving, gentle, kind, compassionate leadership. And then that goes into your classrooms, that goes to your colleagues, your meetings, but you can't take on the admin before you have reached a very intentional space for yourself so that you can walk into these areas of conflict knowing that you are safe and valued. doesn't matter what happens there you're safe and valued um and Brene brown talks about this where she says that there's four practices for leadership which is vulnerability reliability capability and resilience and those are four practices that can be taught measured observed and something else i forgot what the other one was but the point is you can you can practice it it's not something that you're either born with or you're not and then in the book, you go through like, okay, so how do I develop self-trust? How do I develop, how do I believe in support I have for myself? How do I get to this place where I know that I'm deeply cared for within, you know? Right. And from that space, you can then create change in your environments, but it has to, you have to build your internal sanctuary. And one of those ways is boundaries, routine. I love boundaries. I have so many. It's fantastic. Boundaries
0: are fantastic. Yes. And it's, it's, it feels really good when you do establish boundaries and it's It's only taking me, it's, it's only taking me this long in my life to start to say like, no, that's not okay. Yeah. No, I can't do that. And, you know, this is when I can, I'm available, and this is when I'm not available, and this is what I need to do for myself. And I think so many people have a really hard time going up against authority to create. Yeah,
1: because it's not easy. And I think a lot of the teachers, because we tend to be healers and givers and what they would call people pleasers, um, it is very difficult for us and it takes a long time. But something that I've is really like changing that narrative again. It's not, I'm not people pleasing, it's people honoring. Okay, well fine. Who am I gonna honor first? I'm gonna honor myself first. And that's, and then people say, oh, that's selfish. Like, and that is good. We need to be a little bit more selfish and you need to take your time. Um, but it is hard for teachers. So something that I really like imagining is having a hard nose and soft nose. So some things to me is like a definite hard no. Like, um, for example, when parents would complain about a specific teacher and they would expect you to take immediate action on their side, just completely react. That to me is a hard no. I would always always advocate for my teachers first because I know what they do. I know what we do on a day-in-day-out basis. Um, To me, responding to mails on a Sunday night, I will not. I'll see you Monday morning. So... And then soft nose i mean if a student messages me at 7 p.m i probably will still help but not at nine right so yeah you have to sort of get those hard and soft nose and what's beautiful about boundaries is they are like rubber bands you can change them so what worked for me to this week might not work in two weeks time because Our jobs are are of such a nature that it changes and shifts all the time, and we have to adapt to every personality that walks through our doors. So your boundaries have to adapt, because some weeks I have more to give than others. How did your, um, coming to this, obviously
0: you, you, you listen to other people who are talking about burnout. Um, I've, I've talked to a lot of people now on the podcast talking about burnout. Um, I love that you've listened to that too, because everyone has their own perspective on how to deal with that. And everyone's perspective is so interesting. How did, like, how did it transform you once you came to this realization, like from where you were and where you are now?
1: Well, where I was, I was ready to throw in the towel. I already made up my CVs. I already started sending CVs out. And I was just so sad all the time at the thought of not teaching. Uh, There was no, there was was no, it was just completely numb. So now that I've gone through this work and um, spent a lot of time on it, I think the way it has changed me is being very, very grounded in who I am as a person and as an educator and in the values I have, the values I hold, and the value that I bring. And it's also made me very comfortable with advocating for other teachers because I'm no longer in that fear state where I feel someone can take something away from me. Yes, you, can, you might be able to externally punish, but that doesn't mean long-term systemically, in terms of ripple effects, I know what I do has an impact. And that has made a very big difference. Right. Just knowing and understanding your value.
0: How much of an impact yeah. has it made on the people around you, the work that you're doing?
1: Um, I would, I, I don't know, We're probably going to have to ask them. <laughs> right, true. Um, I don't know, but it was something that is very interesting that has happened because of this work is, um, something that, I, that I, I don't think I term it, but it's called compassionate conflict. So first you get really clear about who you are as a teacher, what a good teacher is and your values as a teacher, and then stepping into leadership and building these routines, resilience and practices. And then in terms of conflict, because we know it's going to happen, it's absolutely inevitable. But in the past, it used to crush me If there was like a difficult meeting or um, whether it's with admin or a parent or or within our faculty, it used to really occupy my thoughts quite a lot. But now I'm much more comfortable in the area of conflict because there's just shades of lavender everywhere, isn't there? There's no black or white. There's not even gray, just all lavender. And once you can find that space and come from it with an angle of, I see you, I hear you, I understand you, but this isn't working. What can we do? Or what support do you need from me? Or I'm very comfortable with asking for support. Um, it's sort of like you have to hold yourself tightly, but let go lightly. Right. So, so interesting. Yeah, I think that's been really, that's been think, really different.
0: Did a lot of this come out because of the pandemic, or had you been working on this before the pandemic?
1: I think even before the pandemic, since I started teaching, I was always very aware that teachers are put in positions that we're not prepared for, we're not trained for, we're not adequately supported, but there's a lot of expectations with none of the empowerment. I've always been, I mean, that was my very first job, (laughs) like, hey, (laughs) so um, very, very aware, and then as I've continued on, I've just gotten, um, I'm the type of person that I will throw myself into any committee, any sort of thing, and just really try to make a difference as I could. But what then happens is you're overworked, you're overstrung, you're over things. And as time has gone by, I've just become more and more angry at the situation, but also angry at myself because I'm not doing anything about it. I'm opening myself up to it. So yeah, I would say it's, it's always been in the back of my mind, but it came to a head with a pandemic where I had to be like, well, am I staying or leaving?
0: Right, so, right. Yeah. And um, where are you, you obviously have done all this work and I'm just curious where you where you are physically, um, how, are, how is it going with your school after with the pandemic uh, there?
1: Well, I must say that, um, even with everything else that's been going on, the school did do online teaching quite quite beautifully. Um, we were already on online systems even before the pandemic hit. So all of our work, lessons, all of those things were online. Um, so it was just basically moving from physically in class to online classes, but in terms of admin, it was fine. But I think what made it very, very difficult is that you are trying to do everything and be everyone everything to everyone so that's the mistake i made with with pandemic teaching i tried to be the strongest support for every single student every single colleague every single cuz like you feel you feel that you need to i don't know what it is just like as teachers we just feel like we need to be there we need to support and that's what really led to my burnout. The workload was a lot, yes, but it was more feeling like I'm giving to everyone, but no one's giving to me. Right, that's that's where it came from. Right now, are you fully?
0: Everybody's yeah. fully back into school again, and
1: half and half. We have we have staggered teaching days, which is not bad. In the beginning, it wasn't great because you had two some students for two two days a week and some for three days a week. Now with staggered learning, I see everybody about four times week which is amazing do
0: you have vaccines there and vaccine mandates and any of that
1: yeah yeah we do everyone's vaccinated um everyone wears masks there's not really well then again I also don't really really read I know there are um as there will be in any country um those that are for and against the vaccines and the masks but in Mauritius, it's government regulated. For you to be able to get onto school property, you need to be vaccinated. Right. If you need to be on school property, you need to wear a mask. It's, it's, just, it's just law. Do
0: you have um, Do you have a resistance to that, like we have here in the United States, or is it just accepted? No.
1: I think there is resistance, but it's not the same as in the United States. In Mauritius, it's very much more um, underlying resistance. But not. <laughs> like, I don't have here. any. I don't have any parents calling me, refusing to have this child, their children, come to school because they're not wearing a mask. I, okay. I, we have the opposite problem, where parents are rather not send their students to school because they feel like the measures aren't strict enough. So, do you hear the stories problem. about what's
0: happening in the United States from where you are about like the craziness of what's going on in schools
1: right now? I do. Um, and I know that every state is different and every yes. school is different. Every district is different. So how are you coping with that? that's something I mean, that I don't have to cope with. I don't have, you know, we, we had only like a small handful of teachers who didn't
0: come back because of the vaccine. Otherwise okay. everyone got vaccinated. And um, uh, so, you know, the kids are just now allowed to be vaccinated. So we're going to see yeah. what Pandora's box opens with that. <laughs> in terms of parents vaccinating their children. There's no mandates on children yet. We're gonna see with that. A lot of the craziness is not happening, let's say in New York City. I mean, it's happening in the city, but not as big as it is in the Southern states, where there's there's like a whole, like like where the government's trying to regulate education. You know there's a whole party that's saying um they want to regulate what what goes into the classroom how teachers are teaching what they can teach and what they can't teach and also you know their rights to not wear a mask and their children's rights to not wear a mask and those tend to be the those tend to be the, the um the states where there's more the pandemic is still
1: raging it's still happening yeah. And that is such a tough situation to combat because as you you as a teacher, you obviously want everyone to be safe and things, but you know what the best thing is to do in your classroom. It feels to me as if education is being used to control instead of to create spaces where students should be able to be held in safety and freedom, they're misunderstanding the point of education completely. Yeah, people I mean, who I, yep. people who are not in classrooms should not make decisions about what happens in a classroom. Yeah,
0: it's. You but can't. that's what's happening. So I'm always curious what's happening in other parts of the world if they're experiencing yeah. it, and what we look like to other people is it because. For to look at what's happening in in my country, I think it, things are crazy right now. Like I just think that it's every it's, yeah the the lid has been blown off and it's like all the insanity <laughs> is, is
1: running it around. It is crazy. It is definitely crazy. Um, I listened to your um episode the other day where they compared UK and US schools. With um, and she said that in the UK people were actually looking to the US because they seemed like the transition was really easy and the kids were coming to classes and things. So in Mauritius, it's not as crazy as it is in the the US, but I do think we would look up to America America in terms of the enthusiasm, the willingness to be open, trying new things all the time, the way you are with your students, definitely something to look up to. But yeah, it's definitely crazy, the fact that you have to fight not even before you're even in the classroom, you just have to be fight for the right to be in your classroom. Right.
0: I mean, and this, it leads, is this leads to the layers of that, what teachers are dealing with, because we're not just dealing with just simple issues, no. not, not even, and nothing is simple. So I don't want to call it, I don't want to simplify anything. <laughs> yeah. but the issues <laughs> of just like dealing with parents and like students, you know, and 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 that kind of dynamic. But we're, we now have layered on the pandemic. We've layered on masks and we've landed on, on vaccine mandates. And then this whole thing about like what you can teach or what you can't teach.
1: So something what and you're- it, it goes completely against what education is. Exactly. You teach what the knowledge is. It's not, yeah. And then it's also, you have all of these things that you lay on top of one another, and then you still have the pressures from school that has not diminished at all. It's actually increased because now you have this mass teacher shortage because teachers are just tapping out which because they had they had the same choice it's either me or teaching right. um then layered on top of that you also have your family life you have your personal losses your griefs all of those things that you're carrying with you and teachers just have less capacity than we've ever had before but more pressure than we've ever had before right but less understanding less compassion exactly which is why something
0: like your book is so important and we're going to have to wrap up in a second but i just want to also say so the book is called ripple effects you're not crazy teaching in a new era and um yeah it's can you tell us a little bit about where it comes where it's coming out on and where people can find your book
1: yeah it's available on amazon um in paperback and print um, only Amazon, because as I'm not in the U.S., I have no way of putting it in the stores. So. We all get our books on um, Amazon anyway, so that's yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> Amazon, and um, you can find me on Instagram, dawn um, yeah. We're, we'll
0: put, we're gonna about- post. We're gonna post all of that. I cannot. I'm, I. You know, we're getting your book in. I'm. Super excited to read it. Um, just reading the excerpts, the stuff that you had sent me. I am so honored that you came on this podcast because you you have so much to give. And so I think much. this book is going to help a lot of people. And as I said, the title of your book reminds me of the Robert F. Kennedy um, speech about yeah. the ripple effects, how one ripple can create a, a, a ripple of create- hope. A ripple of hope for other for other ways yeah. other ripples are affected by that so anyway um i'm not saying I it at all you. very well but look up that <laughs> too but i love your name of this uh of this book is incredible so don thank, thank you. you so much for coming on the podcast today it's been such an honor thank you
1: so much for having me and i am you, so
0: you're like eight you so hours much. ahead of me so thank you for taking the time late at night to have this interview and um i wish you all the luck and i cannot wait i would have
1: that. it i would have had it at 2 a.m if i had to
0: You are amazing. Again, a dedicated teacher, a dedicated person. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming on the Warriors of Education podcast. Thanks for tuning in to Warriors of Education. This podcast is produced by me, Karen Sarah Watson, edited by Alyssa Renzi, and recorded in Brooklyn, New York. Make sure you subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you download podcasts. If you are a teacher or know a teacher who would like to share a story, Contact us at warriorsofeducation at gmail.com or on our website, warriorsofeducation.com. Teachers, we hear you, we see you, we honor you. Thank you.